Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Okay, we're going to talk to Buzz here in just a second. But first, you know, we often talk about the bonus content you get when you subscribe to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Show. What I don't typically mention as often is that subscribing has other benefits, too. For example, there's a chat room on the Patreon app where you can join our community and talk about anything you want. There's the comments section under each episode. You can send me direct messages about the show And you can participate in our Ask Us Anything sessions on the After Party, which we'll be doing again this coming up Friday. So sign up and watch for my post where you can ask me and Kimberly questions about anything later this week. Sign up for just $1 a month at patreon.com slash Show, And I totally look forward to your crazy, crazy questions. Thanks so much for supporting this podcast. And now let the cartoons begin. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. It appears Seska has been genetically altered. The Bob Seska Show. From a nation's capital, it is Tuesday, February 27, 2024, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Little Podcast Network. Hi there, I'm Bob, genetically altered. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 1,134 of the Biden-Harris administration, 252 days until the 24th presidential election. You can find me on threads and Instagram, the Bob Seska is my handle on those places. We're going to talk about meta here in a second. Plus, I'm on, uh, what's the other one? Blue Sky, Bob Seska, Twitter, Bob Seska underscore go, Patreon, BobSeskaShow.com. And that guy sitting right there, it's Buzz Burbank with the news. Yeah. You say Buzz Gotta hurry. You said it all. Hi. Yeah. Uh, we got. We got to finish before AT and T crashes again. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to the show. Hi. Good. Good day. Good day. Uh, he's Bob. Uh, I'm Buzz, and we are the psyops your dad's been screaming about. <laughs> yep. I I love 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 the way Biden called uh, Putin a crazy sob this week. <laughs> yeah. I'm like now do Trump now do Trump. <laughs> Uh, according to new documents, uh, Biden's dog commander bit Secret Service agents 24 times. Wow. Well, sure, that's how you weed out the Trumpers. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, Proud Boys buddy and homophobic comedian Shane Gillis got to host Saturday Night Live after all. Yeah. Uh, Lauren Michaels decided to finally let Gillis host since, you know, Hitler's still dead. <laughs> I saw some of that. Not good. Not available. Not available. Uh, A new study finds a connection between taking Viagra and a healthier brain. Yay. Aha. So the blood rushes to two places. (laughs) 
<laughs> An erect and brain, right? Science marches on. And for the first time in 51 years, an American spacecraft has landed on the moon. All right. It was launched by a private company out of Houston, Ernie's Tire and Auto Glass. <laughs> I have no job. idea. <laughs> and, well, unfortunately, just as the probe was about to start its work, it collapsed. Uh, like a Republican impeachment witness. All right. Here we go. It's Rocky Mountain Mike kicking off a brand new week. Oh. Would you like to hide that trunk in a padded room? Could we just decide to like him away real soon? He could gloat and tweet and brag about inaugural signs. a go-to song parody for me because if I, I ever need to feel happy, if I ever need to put a smile on my face, this I, I play that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh I, I, I love replacing balloon with baboon. I'm, I'm very fond of that. <laughs> that too. choice, that, that, that artistic choice that Rocky Mountain Mike made and yes. you find more on his YouTube channel. Uh, Rocky Mountain Mike and I were uh, conversing by email this week. Fun. Uh, uh, regularly over something I can't talk to you about. Oh, no. But we, we, no. Were, we, we were, well, here. Okay. Uh, but we we were bonding, and uh, yeah, so that was a lot of fun to have that sort of secret conversation. On oh, side. that's great! And yeah, you know what? Yeah. Now what we need is a twelve-inch remixed single of "Lock Lock Him Away" because yes. I would listen to that on endless loop. I just Get I love the, it so much. I you know what? I love the song parody more than the actual song. That's why yeah. I play it so often. <laughs> we need we need the dance club version. Absolutely. Yeah, yes. absolutely. <laughs> hey, uh, more like this, please, Mr. President. Uh, I don't know if you saw Joe Biden on with Seth Meyers last night. Bits, bits of it, little bits of it. Yeah, holy shit. This is exactly, Jody Hamilton was saying this on Stephanie's show this morning. This yeah. is exactly what Joe Biden needs to be doing more of. Because he was so relaxed and so comfortable and funny. Yes. And well, that's him. Yeah. I mean, at one point, Seth Meyers asked about Gaza. And once again, Joe Biden went off on a very detailed, thoughtful response as far as what's happening there in terms of a ceasefire, uh, in terms right. of getting the hostages back. And so talking like a normal person, sharp as a tack. Yeah. Being president, right. doing right. president things. Presidential is a word that I think we've lost sight of because of Donald <laughs> yeah. Trump. But uh, this is how the evening started out. This is uh, when okay. <laughs> the president was introduced. Amy Poehler was there. And uh, this is how oh, it all went down. Heart. Wonderful. This is uh, Seth Meyers bringing up the dark Brandon meme and then asking the president about Taylor Swift. And both responses were chef's kiss. Here we go. Mm. There's something that I've been very 
it just speaks to the era we live in now. There's a Dark Brandon conspiracy meme. <laughs> and uh, this is something that you seem uh, to have fun with. You've co-opted. <laughs> showing the yard You've sign. You've co-opted Dark Brandon. This is a, a yard sign. Yeah. And uh, do you enjoy playing around with the Dark Brandon uh, uh, meme? No, I resent the hell out of it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hey, put on the glasses. He put on the uh, aviator <laughs> shades. Of yeah, of I resent the hell out of it and puts the glasses on. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> now, I want, my favorite one recently is there are 18% of Americans, according to recent polling, have um, believed that you and Taylor Swift are actually uh, working in cahoots. <laughs> <laughs> and after the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl, uh, you, uh, you posted this on social media and wrote, <laughs> you wrote, just like we drew it up. <laughs> now, can you, I have you on the hotspot here. Can you confirm or deny that there is an active conspiracy between you and Miss Swift? Where are you getting this information? <laughs> it's classified. It's classified, classified information? That's classified you won't information. share it with us? I'm not gonna, but I will tell you, she did endorse me in 2020. She did. She did. I bet you, you might be wondering. You might be wondering. Is it, you think it might come around again? I told you it's classified. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Awesome. See, I don't know if you remember, Bob, but last week you and I were talking about this very thing, and meaning do we put Joe Biden out there more or do we keep him away so he can't make public gaps? This is what I want to see. Yeah. This is the Joe Biden relaxed, confident, regular guy, mm -hmm. sharp as a tack. Yep. I, I think we should have this on TV every day between now and the election. Yeah. Because this, more than anything else, belies the Biden age lie. Exactly right. Yes. I think this even more so than that one paragraph in Ezra Klein's New York Times op-ed <laughs> that we were talking about last week. Yeah. I, one the, paragraph out of a gazillion. Yeah. In fact, I was having a conversation on Twitter with Jeff Charlotte, who's been on the show. Uh, he was the author who went around and, and, and kind of infiltrated a lot of these mega, mega churches and so forth uh, and then wrote about it. Did he establish a web? <laughs> <laughs> Charlotte's Web, is Charlotte's that what you're saying? Charlotte's Web, yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, he did not create a web. He does not have a pig friend. But the thing is, uh, we were talking about this, and he was like, well, how do we convince people that Joe Biden's okay, and he's doing right. great, and he's doing fine? And I said, well, that's why I put the Ezra Klein paragraph out there. But you know what? This appearance on Seth Meyers, I think, as you were saying— really is the uh, tip of the spear, so to speak. There's, I think that's nothing, what needs to happen. There's nothing better we can do. There's That is yeah. absolutely the best thing we can do. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and that's, that's good news because it is effective. You heard the audience reaction. You know what our reactions are to it. Yeah. I want to see more of this. I think, see, I disagree. I think the more we see of Joe, yeah. uh, the better off we are. And if he makes gaffes, which he probably will from time to time, mm -hmm. if we see him more, those gaffes, Gaffes will be a smaller percentage yeah. of the of the Biden that we see. Let's see the whole iceberg of Biden, and then the little gaffes won't seem so bad. I think part of the problem, Buzz, and this is me just speculating, is that right. I think a lot of people perceive the White House as keeping Joe Biden on a short leash. 
guiding where he can go and where he can't go. Uh, Seems like it. Yeah, but I think appearing on more of these TV shows, appearing on video on TikTok, for example, as well, I think these are all things that contradict that idea and that will give people a little bit more confidence in his ability to be able to go another four years in in office. So this age thing interlocks with another issue I loved your tweet about uh, Lawrence O'Donnell's A Block. Uh, oh yeah, late, late last week. Mm-hmm. I was it. What was it? The Friday show, the Thursday show that that he did that on. I don't know if you've had a chance. I think to it was talk something like it. the. It was either the Tuesday night show or the Wednesday night show. Oh, was it week. that early yeah. in the week? Man, time yeah. gets away from me. <laughs> it really does. You understand why I'm running a little behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's so important. I I want to continue to dwell on that because yes. we're still getting folks saying Biden is too old and and mm-hmm. he. Needs needs to be replaced on the on the ticket yeah. we've got uh now even uh bob costas i guess has been going from show to show you've got john stewart you've got uh, ezra klein to a large degree you've got various guys out there saying David Axelrod. Uh, yeah but yeah the biden needs to step aside that mm-hmm. he needs to be I, I think in costas's words shown the door well uh, as nobody nobody has done a better job of explaining why that's a bad idea yeah. than lawrence o'donnell's devastating segment last week and i haven't gotten a chance to talk about it mm-hmm. and i've been sitting on it and i've been thinking about you retweeting that a block which i did watch yeah in its entirety and and you know that as a former writer and producer for the West Wing, Lawrence O'Donnell crafted that segment. Mm -hmm. He spoke for 27 minutes in that A block about why we can't replace Joe Biden on the ticket because there are no other candidates who on the Democratic side who poll as well. And even if there were, they have no money. They have zero dollars and zero cents to spend on a campaign. Mm -hmm. These are, there's no, there's no counter argument to that. Joe Biden is shall be and should be the Democratic candidate for president. And nobody did a better job of of refuting the idea of Biden stepping aside than Lawrence did. In his show business experience, Mm -hmm. Lawrence O'Donnell O'Donnell went that 27 minutes and ended with a powerful line about, you know, did somebody film that? And (laughs) and, 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 And then it cut to black and it held black for like three, four seconds. Wow. Beat and then put up his social media address, and then we went to the commercial break. That quick cut to black with no graphics, no tease, nothing, just a Mm -hmm. quick cut to black and hold in the darkness at the end of that powerful delivery. Yep, Uh, that is such an important piece, and uh, we must play that piece for the the likes of of John Stewart and Bob Mm -hmm. Costas and and the other folks who are going around saying that uh, Biden is too old and, yeah. and that the, the Democrats should have another candidate. I, I know you, you've probably talked about that over the past week as time got away from me, but it's, it's something that we must continue to say. I'm for, I'm for mentioning it on every show between now and the election. It should have put this issue to rest. That 28 no. minutes, 27, 28 minutes from Lawrence O'Donnell show last week should have ended this conversation. Because if you're one of these people who, by the way, I understand. I understand the fear. I suffered the same fear. I did it a little bit privately last time around in 2019 into early 2020. I was like, oh, shit, it's Joe Biden. And, and I'm going into it 
with, you know, 30 years of following Joe Biden's career ahead of me, and this is, or behind me, and going into that election, going into the 2020 election, I was superimposing that on Joe Biden of that election, not realizing the myriad upsides in terms of nominating Joe well, Biden. But I was yeah. ter- I was afraid that Joe Biden was the wrong guy to take on Donald Trump <laughs> at that point, and I was very, very wrong, underestimated him. Mm, no, see, I don't, I don't think, I think you were right at the time. Yeah. If, if questions were going to be raised about Biden's age or ability, that was the time to raise them. Not yeah, now. That's not true. Not now. Now yeah. it's too late. Right. Now, I mean, at, there are so many downsides to uh, to abandoning Joe Biden at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it guarantees a Trump win. It absolutely guarantees sure a Trump does. win. Yeah. And and uh, but but uh, this is a conversation. This age conversation is something that should have occurred three four years ago, yeah. not today. Today we all need to be unified and headed in the same direction. And this talk and and I would like to think that Lawrence O'Donnell's A Block last week put an end to it also, but it hasn't because guys are still going on shows saying he's too old and he needs to step aside and as long as that continues not everybody has heard what lawrence has to say so we're going to sit them down and clockwork orange style pry their <laughs> eyes open with wires yeah. and make them watch lawrence's a block until that message finally gets through we cannot pound that we must not assume that that message got through we must continue to pound that message and that's what i that's what i came here today with the intention of doing yeah you know what He's 81 and he knows things. Uh, that, I, yeah, that's got to be that's got to be the argument now. Because, I love that. I want that T-shirt. <laughs> right, because not only does it own his age, but it also puts his age into context as far mm. as what his age yes, is wisdom. is bringing to the table as far as his ability to do the I job. I love that. Right? I love that. He's 81 and he knows things. My yeah. God, I love that. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that is really I mean, wonderful. it's pulled directly from uh, Game of Thrones. Of course, I drink but, and I know things. Tyrion Lannister. Yes. But, yeah. Oh, I, but I love it. But I love it. And and uh, P, uh, help us spread that because that's just the best. Yeah. But but also help us spread that. Uh, no other potential Democratic candidate polls. I don't care how you feel about polls. It's mm-hmm. all we've got. None of them uh, polls even close to Donald Trump other than Joe Biden. Joe right. Biden is our best shot at beating him, and especially this late in the game. You want to start a new presidential campaign in March? Mm-hmm. Good luck. Yeah. Also, none of these uh, potential candidates have any money. Mm-hmm. They have no political war chest to run on. Plus, there are all kinds of legal and complicated machinations that have to hoops that have to be jumped through in order to replace Biden on the ticket. And fourth and final, and I know Bob has talked about this before, and that is uh, a brokered convention. Most people, I don't know if they know what that means. What it means is a very splittered uh, convention where we might have 20 different Democratic candidates all fighting for a piece of the pie. And how do you think our 20 Democrats are going to do against one Donald Trump? Yeah, uh, they're, they're not. And, and if one of them wins, then we have one twentieth of the strength we had before. It is insanity yeah. to talk about replacing Joe Biden on the ticket, and that talk must stop now. And that talk about his age must stop now. And it's our job, you and me, Bob, and the jobs of those of you listening, to get out and and stomp that down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, take the polls and set them aside for a second and look at the way that Joe Biden is dominating on fundraising. Look at the way Joe Biden is dominating at the ballot box. We're going to talk about South Carolina here in a second. Oh, yes, yes. Now imagine going into a brokered convention where suddenly the party, for no particular reason other than panic, 
goes, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to replace Joe Biden. And instead of, you know, all those votes and all the volunteerism and all the donations to Joe Biden, we're going to throw all of that out. All of that hard work of the previous however many years that Joe Biden and the campaign have been running their reelection campaign and all of the effort people have put into that. Imagine that being thrown out and imagine the reaction by those people. Suddenly, all of that money, where does that go? All of that volunteerism, where does that go? Suddenly, people do like the supporters of Eugene McCarthy did in 1968 and say, hey, you know what? If you're going to come in at the last minute, Hubert Humphrey, and take all these delegates at the convention rather than running for those delegates in primaries, we're going to stay home in November. And so, therefore, as fast forward to November... Uh, Richard Nixon ends up winning. And so that's what you don't want to create. Yes, I understand the panic. I understand the fear. He's he's old. He's 81. But we have to embrace this and own it and deliver a message and, and a framing for that age that is actually borne out in reality where, yes, he's doing the job. There are reports coming from the White House that he's doing a fine job making the decisions that he needs to make. Even Kevin McCarthy, having met with Biden, found him to be sharp and on the ball yeah uh, th- these are all lies these are this is just and and you know mm-hmm. we've talked about the very various reasons for it before but mm-hmm. it's about it's about winning the election for trump yeah. really yeah. i get so angry when i see a headline in the, the morning newsletter for the washington post the headline is criticizing a president is always okay even one running against trump <laughs> Opinion by Jesus. Perry Bacon Jr. God, that's in the no. fucking washington post no, i'm no, so no, tired no. of that that's what so, no, Lawrence Zablock has not gotten through, and so it's up to you and me, Bob, and yeah. all of yeah. us uh, listening to the show today to, to make sure that that gets out and, and that the, those messages get out. One of the things we've talked about since Blogosphere 1.0 buzz, this is going back 20 years, is the fact that the political press likes to use the same script over and over again during certain times in the political news cycle, right? Script 1A, script 1A, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and one of the things I did over the weekend is I went back to the archives uh, to the 2012 election when Barack Obama was running for re-election, just like Joe Biden is doing now. Are there parallels between how the press uh, handled Barack Obama's run for re-election with how Joe Biden handles his run for re-election? And I found, of course, what I recall from that period of time from 2012, which was a lot of concern trolling, a lot of rending of garments over the fact that Barack Obama used a teleprompter quite often, like all presidents do, going back to Ronald Reagan, going back to the invention of the teleprompter, all presidents have relied on teleprompters to deliver prepared remarks. That's how it always worked. And yet the press had to shoehorn Barack Obama's use of the teleprompter into, well, I guess he can't talk. I guess he's unable to communicate. I mean, that was the thing. Barack Obama is how many decades younger than Joe Biden? And yet it was still Barack Obama doesn't know how to talk without his teleprompter. I mean, there was a headline. uh, Let's see. It's going to run through some of the headlines here. Politico, Obama's safety net, the teleprompter, uh, New York Times, Obama sticks to the script all about how he uses a teleprompter. Obama teleprompter controversy rises from the dead to haunt the 2012 election. And there were many more Obama teleprompter headlines from the traditional political press, not just from Fox News and their copycats on the radio. This was the mainstream press. Politico concern trolling about Obama's teleprompter. And then you fast forward and you see the script being applied to Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton is dying. Hillary Clinton's emails. It's There's always something 
that gets amplified about the Democratic candidate that rises to the same level of reporting. I've talked about this for years now, where that one thing rises to the same level of reporting as the myriad dozens and dozens and dozens of other Republican things. Right. It, they use that one thing to say, hey, well, look, we're also criticizing the Democrats here, too. See this? They, all the articles about teleprompters and note taking. And I think once we recognize that the political press uses this and recycles this idea every time there's another uh, national election, I think we begin to put that into the proper context, which is just the news media trying to fill space, trying to fill time uh, on cable, et cetera. And create controversy uh, even when it isn't there. Yeah. Uh, and and I, there seems to be, between Meet the Press and the stuff that's pissing me off in the New York Times and the Washington Post, lately it's especially been the Washington Post, and yeah. a, a post columnist on uh, the Biden's uh, secret uh, dogs biting secret service agents. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the article ends with, at some point you have to blame the owners. Right. Uh, you know, it it's a hit piece that has nothing to do with the issues facing Americans. Nope. It's a hit. It's its only purpose. The only purpose of that column was to make the Bidens look bad. Yep. And, and that is the work of the Washington Post, the same paper who thought it was okay to criticize uh, Biden uh, yeah, while we're trying to save democracy. And so this, I think, is a pretty good segue over to the South Carolina primary, which... No surprises as far as the, you know, the headline results of the South Carolina primary. Donald Trump won the South Carolina primary and Joe Biden obviously won the South Carolina primary. Here's how Kristen Welker, our favorite host of Meet the Press. There we go. And I say favorite sarcastically. Very obviously. sarcastically, yes. Here's how she reported Donald Trump's victory. This was Sunday morning after what I guess the South Carolina primary was Saturday. Yeah. Yes. This is how this went down. Trump delivering a crushing blow to Haley in her crushing. home state on Saturday, trouncing her by nearly trouncing. 20 points, nearly, with nearly 20. 60% of the vote. The former president dominating nearly every key group in the South Carolina Republican primary listen to electorate. Listen her emphasize those words. Listen, I'm sorry to interrupt, but listen yes, to her emphasizing those words. That's part of the, that's not news reporting. Yeah. That's cheerleading. <laughs> let's, let's start can from you, this. Can you, yeah, can you play that again? And yes. listen to just Listen to her say the word dominating and tell me, is that a journalist or a cheerleader? It's like she's reporting on Godzilla crushing Tokyo. It's yeah. like Godzilla dominated Tokyo by crushing buildings. and she's, she's cheering for Trump instead of reporting the facts. Right. Here we go. Trump delivering a crushing blow to crushing. Haley in her home state on Saturday, trouncing her by nearly crouching. 20 points with nearly 60% of the vote. The former president dominating nearly dominated. every key group in the South Carolina Republican primary electorate, according to NBC News exit poll results. Trump now setting his sights squarely on the general election. <sighs> That's your liberal media, ladies and gentlemen. This is what the Republicans have been screaming about for years. Oh my God, the liberal media. Why are they, why are they, when are they going to get their boots off our necks? The liberal media. Okay, so that was your liberal NBC News uh, program, Meet the Press. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I put liberal, obviously, in dick quotes. I'm being, once again, sarcastic, just to be clear. And put them over in the corner with the Washington Post and Bill Maher. Yes. The shocking thing about this, okay, we've heard the liberal media. Right. Let's listen to the Fox News reporting of yes. the South Carolina primary results. And this for this, the, not just one clip, I've got 
two clips. We're they just, must be re- they must be really cheerleading over there, Bob. Yes. Oh my God! You better yeah. believe it. Donald Trump dominating and crushing. Yeah. The opposition in the home state of Nikki Haley. What what superlatives will they use? <laughs> yes. Here's John Roberts. The real key here is this: fifty nine percent of Haley voters who say that they would not vote for Donald Trump should he become the nominee. That tracks with about 24% of the Republican Party, which is right along the lines of what that New York Times-Siena poll showed us a year ago, almost a year ago now, in terms of the makeup of the Republican Party, in which there was about 25% of Republicans who say that they are never Trumpers. Oh, God, there it is. Fox News putting a fine point on the reality of this presidential election. And again, it's Fox News we're talking about here. Right, right. More honest in this case, in this one moment in time, right. more honest than than NBC. I, w- I want to address some of this, but I want to hear the rest of these tapes. Okay, okay. Fox. Surely, surely they're going to top Kristen Welker <laughs> in superlatives. <laughs> yes, exactly. And here we go. This is Mark Thiessen, of all people. Oh, I... On Fox News Channel, talking about the results of the South Carolina election. Here we go. Party. So if you think about this, this is a unique election in the sense that we have basically two incumbents. You have Joe Biden, who's running for a second term, yep. and Donald Trump, who's running for yep, a second yep, term, yep. right? And so, okay, I, you know what? I want to stop and emphasize this once again. Uh-huh. Donald Trump is just as much of an incumbent as yes. Joe Biden is. <laughs> right. So therefore, the fact that Donald Trump is not. Domin- unlike what Kristen Welker said, he is not dominating these primary elections against his challengers. Joe Biden, on the other hand, absolutely is. So let's listen to Mark Thiessen say that exact thing. Mm, yes. Party. So if you think about this, this is a unique election in the sense that we have basically two incumbents. You have Joe Biden who's running for a second term and Donald Trump who's running for a second term, mm-hmm. right? And so how did Joe Biden do in South Carolina? 96.2% of the vote. <laughs> Donald Trump got... 60% and four in 10 voters in the Republican Party said no. Even right. though they know that the race is pretty much over, that he's going to be the nominee, they still voted against him. Wow. Um, that, that is a problem because when he says this is the most united Republican Party he's ever seen, mm. it is not the most united Republican Party. And 59% of those Haley voters say they're not voting for him. <sighs> That's a huge deal. 60% of that whatever it was 36 39% that Nikki Haley got said right. no way we're not voting for Donald Trump in the general election that is a huge chunk what have i said for so many years about the condition of our elections right now they invariably come down to one or two percentage points here or there maybe in a precinct maybe in a swing state where that decides the election those couple of percentage points maybe even a fraction of a percentage point and what we're talking about here is in South Carolina blood red South Carolina these Nikki Haley voters are like no way I'm ever voting for Donald Trump some of them were interviewed during exit polls where they said you know what project 2025 I've read all about it it scares the hell out of me Donald Trump should not be president because of project 2025 there are evangelical voters in Michigan according to uh, John Kasich former governor of Ohio John Kasich who said Those evangelical voters in Michigan are backing away from Donald Trump. They've had enough. They're fed up with Donald Trump. So as far as I'm concerned, and this also loops in this age issue as well. I think the age issue, uh, Mm -hmm. something I said to Jeff Charlotte uh, in our conversation yesterday, the age issue is going to cancel itself out. I firmly believe that. People who are... It will be, I think it'll be forgotten. I think a lot of things will be forgotten as we get closer to the election. Yeah, I I think you're going to see 
quite a few Republican voters either voting for a third party candidate or staying home because they're just they're done with Donald Trump. Donald Trump cannot pick up enough support. I don't care what the poll, the janky polls are saying right now. Every other indicator, every other election, whether it's a special election, whether it's you talk about fundraising, all these different indicators in terms of, uh, you know, and I'm talking about non-poll indicators are showing that Joe Biden could end up doing quite well in his uh, re-election election night. So uh, I think that is something that I believe should fuel our volunteerism, fuel our activism, because the only way Donald Trump wins this is if we get complacent. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can't. We cannot obviously. We said that before. Can't uh, make any assumptions or get complacent. Yeah. Uh, but but I think we can move forward with some confidence. I think you can take a breath. Yeah. I think things, although as scary as things are, I I I'd like to tell you you've got this. And mm-hmm. and here's why. You know, just to recap, forty uh, percent voted for in in that uh, primary uh, Saturday in South Carolina. Forty percent voted for Haley, not for Trump. Sixty mm-hmm. percent uh, of those voters say they would not support Trump. Nationally, twenty four percent of Republicans won't support Trump. And here's the thing about all those numbers and all those facts, uh, all these things that that uh, clearly spell out that the Trump campaign is in trouble. You won't hear that reported. You're not hearing reported, uh, except there briefly on Fox News. You're not hearing reported that uh, the Trump campaign is in trouble. This is why we as progressives can breathe a little easier. We can't let down our guard. We uh, the stakes are high, and, and it's it could still be a close race. So we mm-hmm. can't afford to take any chances. But we can breathe just a little bit easier, knowing that guy's got major problems, and that doesn't even bring in the criminality. Yeah. What you will hear reported, and what you have been hearing reported in the mainstream media, is that the Biden campaign is in trouble because of his age and because of other <laughs> BS issues, yep. and because to a large extent of Palestine. Michigan, for example, which is key to Biden's re-election, he really, really needs to win Michigan, although Nebraska remains an ace in the hole, but we can talk about that another time. <laughs> Michigan is really key to Biden's re-election and has a very large population of Palestinians, and they are not happy with uh, the assistance that uh, Biden has given to the Israelis in this. And uh, we're not going to get into, you know, uh, we each have our own opinions about this, uh, for sure. And that's not what this is about. What this is about is about the mainstream media reporting on how this is going to hurt Joe Biden. And, you know, you've been seeing this is going to hurt Joe Biden reporting for a year now, at least. Uh, This is another example of that. So what you're hearing and seeing in the media is the Biden campaign is in trouble because of age, because of the Palestinians in Michigan, because of this, because of that. What you're not hearing are these numbers that prove that the Trump campaign is in real trouble. Yes, yes. And I think sometimes the press looks at the Trump confidence and they take it too seriously. Like they're saying, yeah, they oh my God, it. well, the, the Trump supporters are like all in. They think, oh, he's going to just kind of sleepwalk to victory in November. They, they mistake loudness for winning. They mistake <laughs> yeah. enthusiasm, uh, no matter how insane or unhinged, mm-hmm. they mistake that enthusiasm for winning. Yeah. That's not winning. I've, 
I'm familiar with people who thought louder was how you win an argument. Well, and and where I come from, it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I really think that the press perception of Joe Biden is based almost exclusively on this uh, age-old reliance on polling. And, uh, you know, I don't want to get into a whole thing about polling again. (laughs) Everyone knows how I feel about it at this point. But the fact of the matter is that the press is still looking at that as its chief indicator for how Joe Biden's going to do. And I don't think it's at all reliable anymore i think they look more i think they look more to each other like i what they what are the other guys saying what are the other guys doing and we did (laughs) so i I think there's a lot of that too and that i think is what we see with a lot of press questioning we saw that during joe biden's press conference after the robert her report that was so embarrassing where yeah he actually called them out he said no this isn't what people are thinking this is what you're thinking and you're just disguising it as what american voters are thinking I have never been so embarrassed. I, I, I'm reluctant. Those people are not journalists. No, I, I, I'm, I would like to think I'm more of a journalist than they are. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's stretching, that's stretching things somewhat. Uh, <laughs> but, but I'm more of a journalist than they are. Yeah. Well, that's not surprising at all. You're a fine journalist and you always, always have been, I mean, the utmost mm. in integrity. And I, I know that you wouldn't deliberately skew something based on your own personal feelings versus what is actually true. God, that was a couple of weeks ago now, but it's still, it's one of those things that we got to remind ourselves of so to make sure to keep watchdogging these people. So, yeah, uh, shame that Eric Children. Bollert, our friend Eric Bollert, isn't around for uh, this particular election because, uh, man, boy, would he be uh, ripping his hair out over what's been happening with the press. And we just saw a great example of that, uh, the difference between what's happening on the liberal media versus what's happening on Fox News Channel. And this will be well, one of the only times you'll ever hear me praising Fox News Channel. Y- yeah, but remember that what you caught off Fox there was a moment in time. That's true. Uh, that's not what they do the rest of the, you know, the other 23 hours and 59 minutes of the day. Well, yeah, I yeah. think in terms of actual news reporting, that, I mean, John Roberts is a news anchor on Fox mm. News. Mark Thiessen is mm. um, a kind of a right guest wing. analyst. Crazy, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, they are they are right wing, no doubt about that. Yeah, but they're yeah. telling it like it is. I don't care what their politics are. In, in they're case, telling it they, like it is, yeah. They quoted accurate numbers when uh, the other so-called liberal media at NBC was not. Right. I mean, and, oh, between... Between NBC News and uh, Lauren Michaels over at Saturday Night Live, I, I, you know, I'm sad about that network. I'm really sad that because that was once a great network. I thought. Yeah, I don't know what's yeah. going on. I, yeah. I, I hope it's not the cynical cash grab, or I should say, the cynical <laughs> ratings grab, because well, I mean that's what could it could be. It could just be what everyone is saying, which is that. I think the cable news networks and some of the publications need Donald Trump in order to stay afloat. And maybe that's a consideration here. You know what? I need to see that. I need to see some evidence of that. Otherwise, it's just speculation. And while that speculation may, in fact, be accurate, and obviously I'm leaning in that direction, I don't know for sure. But you know what? How awful would that be? I mean, really, if it's determined, if some memo comes out, gets leaked from NBC News that says, we need to take this position because we need the ratings. It's like, uh, what's it? Phil Griffin, I think, said that about uh, CNN. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. It was Les Moonves about CBS. But CBS, yeah. Yeah, He said Donald Trump has been good for for CBS. Exactly. That was 2016, though. I mean, we're in a different paradigm Uh, now. Yeah, but but money is still money. It's not only about the immediate cynical cash grab, but let me recap the two reasons, and, and call it speculation if you like, but prove me wrong. 
wrong yeah. when I say there are two reasons the, the media is doing what it's doing. One is they hope to win back, if possible, win back uh, some of the people on the right that they've lost. Mm -hmm. They're not going to succeed, but that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. The other thing they're trying to do is uh, to spare themselves the wrath of the dictator uh, when he takes power, and that's not going to work either. But uh, the immediate cash grab of reporting a horse race, that's one. Uh, two is the hope to uh, re-improve revenue by bringing back red hats mm -hmm. to the viewership and three uh they hope that they will be spared the wrath of the dictator these are the very obvious uh, motives of of the mainstream media in doing what it's doing yeah. and, and and like i said uh, the immediate the first one may work they yeah. may they are profiting i i believe from uh, the horse race reporting what will not work for them are their long-term plans of being spared uh, the wrath of the dictator and and uh, winning back uh, the red hat viewers mm -hmm. ain't gonna happen. Yeah, I'm sure you saw Nate Silver recently talking about how why why do Democrats just want the press to report things that are favorable to Joe Biden? Why oh why? <laughs> and I, I had to respond to him. Unfortunately, yes. it, it got I've a little bit of uh, engagement, which I was happy uh -huh. to see. But I, I said, God damn it, that's not the thing. What we want is basic fairness and priority. What we want is the press to treat stories about Donald Trump with the importance that they possess. Like this thing that he says about wanting Russia to invade Europe, for example, right. should have received so much more attention from yeah. the traditional press, the front page of the New York Times and so forth. But it didn't. Why? What's the explanation? Well, I don't know. Uh, it was buried on page A16, for fuck's sake. Yes. Why was it buried that deep? Why was that not an important story, New York Times? All we're asking for is for basic fairness and maybe an explanation so that we're not left to sit here and go, well, what the hell is going yeah. on? Feeling gaslit. Like, well, this sounds like it's an important story, but why isn't it being treated like an important story? And, so, while, you've been, and while you've been trolling him on social media, by the way, yeah. I've been uh, responding to them directly at the newspaper sites. I've been, Good for you. I've been in, in the comments section to the authors of these ridiculous articles. I've had a word or two for them lately. <laughs> I'm sure you have. Good for you. Because I think that's what it requires. I think media watchdogging right now more than any other time in our history is so important. I mean, we're talking about an industry that is explicitly protected in the First Amendment of the Constitution. What other industry in the United States is afforded that kind of protection? Impunity, yeah. Yeah, uh, that uh, means something, though. That means that they have a standard to rise to. To, to the author of the Biden's dog story, I wrote... And this, among other things, I mean, it was a paragraph, but I think I ended with, and this serves the public how? Yep, yep, yep. Okay, you know what? I just realized we're super late for a break, but this is an important conversation that I was happy to, to push the break for. Notify the affiliates we're running late. Okay. <laughs> As usual. Let's take a short break and come back and talk <sighs> about uh, Donald Trump's loyalty to Vladimir Putin on full mm. display at a Trump rally over the weekend. Got a clip of that. Plus, Trump has appealed the civil fraud judgment, but there's an asterisk next to that statement. We'll talk about that, too. Whole lot more podcasts still to come right after these words. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. 
And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. There is exciting news in Stephanie Miller podcast land, isn't there, Chris? We now offer Stephanie Miller's Happy Hour podcast and the Out of the Gate podcast. Stephanie Miller's Happy Hour podcast is once a week. It is the best interviews of the week from the Stephanie Miller Show every Friday. Stephanie Miller Out of the Gate is daily. You will get the first segment of every day's Stephanie Miller Show, plus Stephanie Miller's Happy Hour Extra, which is the best interview of each day. So three different podcasts yes. in one feed. Get it wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Bob Seska Yeah, the metal birds. That's birds with a Y, in case you're searching on the internet for them. And by the way, I got a link in the description to download this single. It's called Shy Girl. Yeah, we played this before. Trying to repeat some of these songs so we get uh, accustomed to them. Like, you know, like giving them off, uh, giving them a, a one-off playing and then never playing them again. We gotta gotta keep repeating. And that's that's metal birds, metal birds, metal yes. birds. That's the you know birds. that's how that's how the government spies on us. <laughs> that's right. Black uh, the nickname for the black helicopters is that what you're talking about? Oh no no. There are people who believe. Oh my God, Bob, where have you been? There are people who believe. <laughs> I'm sorry. There are people who believe that birds are not birds. There are people uh, oh, who believe that those right. are like government <laughs> robots sent to spy on us. I know. So I, w- I would assume that would be the case with metal birds, but they use a Y, so who Yeah, knows? I forgot uh, about the metal birds, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I didn't mean to derail that because I know I know <laughs> we funny. we like to talk about the music. Yeah, I know. Uh, by the way, me- the metal birds yes. have a new single out right now called Working Class. I just heard about it today, so I couldn't get it together for today's Ooh. show. But uh, they've got a video up on YouTube. And uh, go check it out. Again, it's called Working Class. Great video. Black and white, moody video. Just excellent. One of our favorites here on the show. Uh, BobSuska.com slash music to submit. Also, make sure to go to the link in the description to download uh, this single and support the Metal Birds. Okay. So, uh, if we were asking the question, how loyal to Vladimir Putin is Donald Trump really? I think Donald Trump answered that question during a rally over the weekend where, yeah, he obviously short-circuited with this. He wasn't really paying attention to what he was saying. But it sounds like, man, he really likes Vladimir Putin to the point of endorsing Vladimir Putin's endorsement of Joe Biden. Apparently, recently, Vladimir Putin said he'd prefer Joe Biden to win this election. And in this clip, you'll hear (laughs) Donald Trump talking about that and saying, yeah, and I agree. 
I mean, he actually says, and I agree. Here we go. Got along with him well, although he did announce the other day that he'd much rather see Biden as president. And I agree with him. Uh, hey. I agree, because, you know, I... Okay, <laughs> right there. I agree with him. I agree with Vladimir Putin that Joe Biden should be president. How about them apples? So that just shows yeah, you how amazing. deep into uh, Vladimir Putin's butt crack Donald Trump has driven his disgusting face. And so now, now, now we know. Obviously, that was, a, that was a glitch. That was a fuck up. But yeah. You know, it's funny. You know, Putin did say that. But he, but he said that he preferred Biden to be elected because uh, Biden was more predictable. Yeah. Well, what, he's all, what Putin is also saying there is that Trump is totally unpredictable, as in unhinged. I think yeah. in some ways, I think in some ways, uh, Putin was, was saying, uh, you know, at least Biden is stable and predictable, whereas Trump is uh, insane and unpredictable. Yes, and uh, I hate to go back to my forecast from the previous four years of Donald Trump. But uh, my fear is uh, that one morning we're going to wake up to a mushroom cloud somewhere in the world. And I hope it's, you know, I hope it doesn't happen. And, I, and, and if it does happen, I hope it's just one. But you know what? That is just a, an illustration of the kind of instability that Donald Trump will bring to a, an extremely volatile world with Russia kind of in the middle of all of it. With the obvious invasion of Ukraine and how that the United States support for Ukraine would vanish under Donald Trump and then how that would empower Vladimir Putin then to move on to places like Poland and some of the former Soviet satellite nations and Donald Trump's support of that. So what you're talking about here, Donald Trump likes to scream about World War Three and, and something yada, 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 Joe Biden, World War Three. It's it's Donald Trump. Absolutely. It, it has likely. the potential to start World War Three. <laughs> no doubt it, about it. it. It breaks my heart to see us uh, not helping Ukraine because of the Republic. We're already we've already begun to cut off aid to Ukraine, yeah. and we're the party in power. How does this work? We've been whining about this for years. Yeah. Uh, here again, we have a majority, a Democratic majority government, and and uh, what the result? Well, no matter how slim or narrow it may be, but uh, we can allow the minority to block aid to an ally that's protecting us from russia uh, this is there's something terribly wrong with the system when it allows that yes yes and so uh, this is one of those things where you need smart people in the white house you need people who are stable who are even keeled who are rational who will make rational decisions who understand how statecraft actually works who, who understand more, how foreign policy works yeah who are more about facts than ideology right right and look if you get a chance go on to twitter or wherever and find a clip of joe biden talking about gaza last night on late night with seth myers and you will hear yes. someone who knows what the fuck it is they're talking about unlike I, donald trump if Donald Trump was asked that same question. He would he would just be a very, very powerful. We would be very powerful. This wouldn't have happened if I was in office. No solutions, no ideas. I assure you, Donald Trump cannot point to Gaza on a fucking world map. Right, right. And so. by the way, this brings me back to the Palestinians of Minnesota and the old axiom that says uh, vote in the primary with your heart and in the general with your head. Yeah. Uh, I have a feeling that as un unhappy, brokenhearted, disillusioned as some uh, Palestinian voters in Michigan and elsewhere may be, 
uh, they may they may vote their hearts by voting non uncommitted in yeah. today's Michigan primary. We may see a, a decent number of that or an indecent number of that, depending on your perspective. Mm -hmm. We we may see a, a notable amount of uh, voting uh, non committed today in Michigan because of the people who are upset about uh, Biden's handling of Israel and and uh, Hamas at this point. And, and what I want to say about that, that I think is encouraging for all of us is this is the primary election in which we vote with our hearts. I think as the, I believe firmly as the election draws closer, as the real general election draws closer, that uh, those Palestinians will take another look at Donald Trump and uh, the stances that he has taken uh, yeah, and yeah. do the right thing. And in the end, I believe that they will vote for Joe Biden. So what I, what I want to say as a point of encouragement is I think that, uh, and, and I see Joe Biden adjusting his policy as well. I, I do not be afraid is what I want to, is the message I'm, I, I'm trying to convey here. Yeah. Do not be afraid of what you're hearing about these sorts of things, because in the end, I think all Democrats will, and, and, and many, most independents and even some Republicans will come around yeah. and, and, and do the right thing on election day. In terms of, uh, uh protesters who are protesting, uh, Joe Biden over Israel and Gaza, right. I, I don't believe that there's much of a factor there in terms of Joe Biden's actual results. I mean, he got what, again, 97% of the vote in South Carolina. It's not like people are voting right. against Joe Biden. I mean, there may have been some people, some Democrats who stayed well, not home. there, probably. But, yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, even still, if you look at Joe Biden's support in the primaries so far, it's been the kind of support that every incumbent president gets right. in their primary campaigns. And so, but, consequently, what what you're seeing there is if there is an impact from the pro-Palestinian protests, it's maybe that they stayed home, not necessarily well, that they it, went out it, and voted it, against Joe Biden. This This comes up because Minnesota has a particularly high, uh, large population of, of Palestinian Americans, yeah. more, more than other states, and, and I, I would dare say more than South Carolina. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and Michigan is a key state for Biden to win. Yeah. That's why the concern uh, about and and but but no, I'm in the end, uh, you and I come together at the general election when we say in the end, uh, it, it probably won't matter much because when uh, they look at Trump and they look at Biden, uh, regardless of whether they're black or Palestinian or gay mm -hmm. or whatever, I think uh, people from uh, across all spectrums uh, in a majority will uh, vote for Joe Biden. So I, I yeah. Uh, you know the the hand wringing over uh, the ten the uh, tenuousness of uh, the Michigan vote uh, is is really about uh, the the Palestinians and their reaction to his policy. Yeah. So there's there's genuine concern there about a state that that's very important that's very that may be a very close race if and a very a tough win for us to get. So there's reason to be concerned about that. What I'm saying is I don't think we're going to have this problem in November. I think it's it's a problem now. I understand the hand wringing now about it and and all I, the only reason I brought it up is to say in the long term you're going to be hearing about this in the long term don't worry about it. Yeah, I think there are many more people who are disgusted with Donald Trump on the Republican side and will stay home because of it than there are Ultimately. Democratic uh, versions of that same thing with Joe yeah. Biden. Yeah. You know, yeah, whether it's inflation or or yeah. Israel policy or whatever it is that people are whining about about mm -hmm. Joe Biden, when it gets to be election day, as I think we've said 
semi-consistently over the last year and a yeah. half is that is that when it comes to election day and it gets down to that choice and look it it turned out to be that choice after all trump mm-hmm. and, and biden yep. uh when it gets down to that choice hey, the choice is going to be obvious again regardless of who you are or what your background is and so i understand the the factions and the hand wringing that we're seeing now. Uh, let's get a little farther into the season. I you in this here again. I'm here to ass- try to assure people that it's not a thing to be worried about long term. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's the only. I I didn't bring it up to say let's worry about it. I brought it up to say you're going to be hearing about it whether I bring it up or not. And I'm here to say don't worry about it. Well, and the other thing that I think uh, needs to be woven into this conversation, too, is all of the conflicts that Donald Trump faces because of this civil fraud judgment, because of the E. Jean Carroll uh, money that he owes to her, and then all of the additional things that he's going to owe, because there are uh, several lawsuits in D.C. regarding January 6th that Donald Mm -hmm. Trump will Mm -hmm. face. I mean, there are so many things here that could put Donald Trump in an extremely complicated position as president so along those lines uh mm-hmm. trump trump has appealed that civil fraud judgment uh <laughs> in the letitia james judge and goron case but you know what he hasn't put up the bond yet and this is some new information that i wasn't aware of apparently you can appeal without necessarily paying the amount you owe and that's, I think, part of this. He hasn't yet paid I've, the bond on this judgment. So I don't know when that happens, but I do know that the interest will continue to accrue at something like $12,000 a day. So, oh, I saw $114,000 a day. Oh, yeah. I, 100, yeah. 114, what did I say? 12, I, I, I yeah. said 112,000 I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, and I saw a number in that neighborhood of $114,000 okay. a day. <laughs> I'll take that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's just amazing. I mean, this this cost him money starting right now. Yeah. The, the, not, the clock is ticking. He's got to come up with a bond. Let's see, uh, let me, I'm pulling for an article here in the Times. In theory, Trump has two options. Uh, he can either write a check for more than $450 million to New York State, which would then hold the money in escrow, or he can secure an appeal bond from a specialized company licensed to provide them. Yeah. Well, unless he uh, gets, uh, unless the Saudis come running up with wheelbarrows full of money, <laughs> and I don't know if they will at this point, uh, the, the bond is his only choice. Now, uh, his net worth is mostly in real estate, not in cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm skimming down the article here so we don't get too much. We know that the bond could creep up to a total of uh, $500 million uh, <laughs> to secure. The, okay, here we go. Uh, the company uh, providing the bond will be on the hook if Trump loses his appeal and fails to pay. So it will want the former president to have skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Exactly to sec- right. To secure the bond, Trump has to pledge collateral to the company, including cash, stocks, and bonds. Yeah, yeah. Although each deal is different, companies offering appeal bonds generally shy away from taking property as collateral, especially if a building already has a mortgage. I tell you who wants to take the property is Letitia James. Mm-hmm. She's already got her eye on, uh, was it 40, 40, 40, I can't, I can't remember, 40 Park Avenue, I can't remember the address. 40 Wall Street, something like that. 40 Wall know. Street, 40 Wall Street. Yeah, That's he's got, what it is. got several properties there that right. I hope uh, Letitia James seizes and then levels and then... And- 
Yeah, uh, put, uh, put something uh, there for homeless people or maybe a, a COVID uh, memorial for all the people Donald Trump yeah. killed oh uh, through COVID, uh, through his incompetent response to the pandemic. But uh, Katie Fong, is it Katie Fong or Fang? Katie, uh, Katie Fang? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, don't I know. knew until you asked. <laughs> I'm going with Fang. Katie <laughs> Fang said uh, yeah, it's it's just the notice that he's filed, not the appeal, not the actual appeal itself. Right. Can he post the bond is the biggest question. So there may be a separate step here in the he's, appeal process where he does have to post the bond in order yeah, to move forward. Well, or he has to pay he has to pay the interest each day until yeah. this is decided. So while he's mulling it over, it's mm-hmm. costing him $114,000 a day. This is assuming he can even find a company willing to bond him yeah. and if he does, he has to pay them up to 3% of the bond. Yeah. Well, I mean, this just the, the cost of this is just enormous. Uh, I don't care what he says or, you know, how many uh, sneakers he sells uh, or, or or even, you know, how many how many donations he can round up through his lies. Mm-hmm. It won't be enough. That's right. Uh, this this is more devastating to Trump than anyone is admitting. Right. CNN reports here, the New York Attorney, Ge- Attorney General's office said in a court filing last year that in 2021, Trump had about $200 million in cash, but it was tied up in a partnership with Vornado. <laughs> oh, you know what Vornado is? Those are the, I do. the fans, the, good, the box really fans. Good, yeah, it's a little company in Kansas. They make the best fans. Yes. Not just box, all kinds of fans. And, and I you have know, one by my bedside. And the noise they make is... That's what Donald Trump said about the wind farms. wind farms, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's ironic that Donald Trump, who desperately oh. avoids wind because of oh, his hair... Is, tell me about this. because <laughs> I really cash wrapped up in a I, wind company. I really loved Vornado. Now, what's happened? Tell me what the how what? I don't know. Up? Yeah, his cash oh. is tied up in a partnership with Vornado. Oh, and I'm just I'm guessing. I did a Google search, and the only Vornado here is the fans. I don't know if there's some other yeah no finance it's, it's, or tech it's, firm. It's, it's a fan company in Kansas, and they built. You remember those Tonka trucks uh, that were around? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Before your time, yeah. they're virtually they're the toys for boys uh, at the time, uh-huh. uh, like dump trucks and stuff. Uh, toys uh, the size of a shoebox that were virtually indestructible. Yeah. You could sledgehammer these things and they would still roll. The Tonka trucks were the strongest. Well, uh, a Vornado fan is the fan equivalent of the Tonka truck. It's made of steel and iron and, you know, those. Are, it's as solid as they get. And I, now it just breaks my heart uh, to, to, you know, and a, a well-run company. And now to hear that they've teamed up with Trump is nothing sacred anymore. Okay, so I saw Bloomberg headline says Trump Vornado owned San Francisco buildings land on watch list. So I think it's like a cooperative. A different company. Investment. Then in the words of Emily Latella, never mind. Okay, well, here's another headline from Bloomberg. It says Trump scores $617 million of cash with Vornado from Tower Bonds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, there, I would, I would there, read there the article, but it's there, it's Bloomberg, and you can't read right, the article unless you're right, yeah. right. And and there's probably more than one Vornado. Company. Oh yes, oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah, there is Vornado Realty Trust. Yes, well, I just landed. I just landed the on fans, it. The fans are safe. We can keep the fans. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Vornado Realty Trust. I find it now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I I had a hunch that it was maybe not the fan company. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, I am so well. See. 
I was nervous because I love you have no idea how important a Vornado fan is to me. Yeah. Uh, and so I would have been just crushed if he had somehow raped that company. Yeah. 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 They own a bunch of properties. Uh, New York Marriott Ooh, Marquis, wow. 1540 Broadway, Manufacturers Trust Company Building, 660 Fifth Avenue, 770 Broadway. Don't, don't scare me like that. Uh, yeah. Well, my guess is, and I'm just, again, because I couldn't read the actual Bloomberg article because it's right. behind the paywall. My hunch is these. <laughs> These are properties that Vornado, this real estate company, is building, and Donald Trump is partnering with them in terms of the branding of the building. Like oh. He's going to put his name Ooh. on the building or something like that. Oh, well, America so can knows. breathe easier now that we yeah, know the truth. Yeah, but the, the point here is that all of his cash is tied up in this. So Yeah, he's he's screwed. He's more screwed yeah. than, than he will tell you, certainly, but more screwed than you're really seeing in, in, in most reports. I think everybody's just assuming that, well, he'll figure this out. Uh, the clock is already ticking. He has uh, less than four weeks now. It's like three and a half weeks. To And in the meantime, it costs him $114,000 a day. Yeah. So uh, the clock is ticking, and it, every day costs him that he doesn't find a bond, bonding company that he pays 3% to and, and puts up his collateral for, and it can't be buildings. I mean... The guy is really screwed. Yes, absolutely. And I'm so happy about that. Right. Uh, meantime, at least one member of the RNC is trying to stop the party from paying Trump's legal bills. So whoever you are, please keep going. Says Good luck. Here, the effort to keep committee neutral on the primary and to not spend committee funds on Trump's legal bills comes after Trump called for the RNC's current leaders to be replaced and instead right. install one of his senior campaign advisors and his daughter-in-law in top roles. Right. And that's, we're talking about right. Lara Trump. Lara, yeah. yeah. Who, has said, who has said every penny that goes to the RNC will go to Trump. Right. And she didn't, and she didn't say how or in what form. Yes, and every single Republican candidate for Congress, Senate, et cetera, state legislatures, uh, governor's mansions, they're all screaming, No! They don't want this to happen because they need that money. And Trump it looks so like Larry Trump's going to hoard it all for yeah. Donald, right? Normally, the RNC would hand out some of this money to Republican congressional candidates. But Donald Trump is going to hoard all of it yeah. uh, because that's how scared and desperate he is and will continue to become. Okay, so I still want to talk about the IVF ban because this situation is fascinating it from is. a number of perspectives. Obviously, it's awful and hypocritical, and I want to talk about how the Republicans have painted themselves into a corner on this. Mm. Plus, I'm going to have a quiz for you. It's a who said this quiz, oh, which is basically, you know, I'm ripping that off from Stephanie Miller. She does that to Chris Lavoie all the time. You know how I love a quiz. <laughs> yeah. So I've got a quote for you at, when we come back from the break, and you're going to have to tell me who, who said it, who said okay. the quote. Okay. IVF and a lot more to talk about here uh, still on the Big Tuesday Show. Back after these words. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, it's Randy Rhodes, and here's what you missed. I've always said the primary is a series of contests in which we all get to fall in love, or in this case, wage a protest vote. In the primary, you fall in love. In the general, you fall in line. I've always believed that. And so for Michiganders who want to wage a protest vote against Joe Biden, I don't know why Joe Biden. I mean, Donald Trump is the Muslim ban guy, but okay. I get that they want to send a message to the current president of the United States that they would like to see the president of the United States call for a total ceasefire Not that it would actually work. I don't know if they think it would, but the idea that there is a protest vote in Michigan and that they're trying to send a message, I'm all for it. Don't have time to listen to the live show? Want to hear more on your schedule? Go to randyroads.com and buy a stinking podcast. Bob Seska plays more music. Love this song. Love the rhythm track on this one, too. Uh, this is the Coleman. C O A L. Coleman. Like coal mining. Like that kind of Coleman. Song called Black Cat. The Everett album on which this song appears. Uh, it, it, it drops on March 29th. Wow. I am. I've, I glitched out last time on, on Thursday's show about a release date for an album, so I'm just I'm going to go way out on a limb. I think this single is already available. I think. I will. <laughs> I'm a bad DJ. What's, I should, what's the name of You know what? We'll set out a mass search. What's the name of the single again? The single is called, the, uh, it's called Black Cat. Black Cat. All right, everybody the, search for Black Cat. The Cole Man. <laughs> Very All good. Right. Hey, you know, I just want to say this about that song. I think yeah. that song has an attitude. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and yeah. I like that attitude. Yeah. I, by the way, during the break, I went out and cooled off in front of my Vornado fan. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that would have been tragic for us, too, because Kimberly survives on those fans. I mean, our entire place feels like there's a, like an actual tornado inside. There's just <laughs> constantly fans running all the yeah, time. You can you can hit those things with hammers, and they're fine. That's right. And plus, you can see your breath in here. Yeah. Well, you yeah, you guys keep it uh, chilly. Yeah. I use it for the hum, for the sleep, uh, the sleep noise. And I know a oh, lot yeah. of people agree with me on this, but yeah. I have an elaborate sleep noise system now. Same. Yeah, I can't sleep without it. I, even when Kimberly was away, I kept the fans running uh, in the bedroom sure. as I was sleeping. Yeah, <laughs> Kept the home that. fans running. Yes. yes, indeed. Yeah, it's not just about coolness. It's about that noise, uh, That's right. which is helpful. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, the fallout from the Alabama Supreme Court decision that, oh uh, yeah, to ba- essentially banning IVF uh, treatment in that state uh, continues to blow back in the faces of all Republicans. I think even now Donald Trump is supporting IVF. Yes. Oh, yes. Very much so. And Republicans are like backpedaling fast to try to yes. support IVF. And the crazy thing about this is now what they're doing 
what Republicans are saying is IVF is fine, which means they're saying that destroying embryos, which they consider to be human beings, which they which they consider to be babies, is fine with them. They're okay with that kind of destruction of embryos. But when it's women making personal choices on pregnancies, no fucking way. You oh, can't do that. No, uh, most Republicans knew right away. I mean, the moment this Supreme Court ruling came down from the Alabama State Supreme Court, yeah. the, the moment that ruling came down, uh, most Republicans went, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. no, that's not what we meant. <laughs> Let me tell you what the effect of this has been. Uh, the, the reason that this got before the Alabama Supreme Court in the first place is because conservatives have been pushing for the concept of, and these are the key words here, Bob, fetal personhood. Exactly. Their goal has been fetal personhood. And so uh, it only followed in their minds that frozen embryos, which by the way are not fetuses, mm -hmm. uh, uh, qualified for fetal personhood. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that, and that's when, as Bob uh, said so accurately a moment ago, uh, they painted themselves into a corner. Uh, immediately, you'll be. This will tickle you, I think, Bob. Hmm. Republican lawmakers in Florida had put forth a fetal personhood bill. Yeah. And when the Alabama State Supreme Court made this ruling, and everybody realized it was a major fuck up, uh, Florida Republicans immediately withdrew their fetal personhood <laughs> bill. <laughs> this Alabama State Supreme Court ruling is in many ways a win for us. It mm -hmm. will get fixed. Republicans in Alabama will fix it, if nothing else, to try to save their own skins. But uh, again, the damage has already been done. Yeah, uh, uh, Republicans have stepped in it uh, this time. Uh, while wearing their gold Trump sneakers. And by the way, I just wanted to briefly apologize for my naivete last week. I kept saying, I can't imagine why he was selling sneakers. Well, it became obvious a couple of days later when he said black people like him because he has a, a bug shot. And, uh, oh, you know, God, and, yeah. and then it began, oh, the, oh, now I see what he thought he was doing with Stupid the sneakers. Stupid idiot, yeah. His cynicism, cynical racism, if ever it existed. But anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I digress. Right. Uh, it's been about fetal personhood, and, mm -hmm. and so now, as a result of this, it's actually become a win for progressives because now uh, conservatives are going, oh, maybe this fetal personhood, maybe we've taken this too far. Maybe yeah. we've, got to, we've got to backpedal now. Well, Republicans are making, for example, 12-year-old girls carry their rapist's baby to term. Right. But if you're someone who's better off, if you're a grown up who can afford IVF treatment, you can go in and, and you can be responsible for God knows how many uh, embryos being destroyed in the process of using IVF treatments. So this is the massive hypocrisy. And yes, I get it. Once again, we're in that post hypocrisy era where it doesn't matter only owning the libs is all that matters. Yeah. Uh, but still, this is the corner they've painted themselves into. So on one hand, they're trying to pander to the evangelical Christians who basically control the money flowing into the current Republican Party such that it is. I mean, they're basically bankrupt. But the, the suffice to say, yes. they need that yeah. evangelical support. So they pass things like the Supreme Court ruling in Alabama uh, about uh, IVF and, and fetal personhood. And then at the same time, it pisses off everyone else. So now 
they got to go, well, no, we're really in favor of IVF, which means we're really in favor of destroying embryos. We're okay with that. But, oh, shit, wait a second. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's the conundrum that they're in. And uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I've got the popcorn yeah. out. I'm watching them try to wiggle out of this. Right, rightly so. so. Much well, whether you realize it or not, you've turned over an interesting rock here yeah. because you mentioned uh, their desire to own the libs and how it, it ultimately painted them into a corner. Yeah. Uh, that seems to me to be a medical condition we can label owning the libs blindness. Okay. <laughs> they have accused us of Trump derangement syndrome. Uh -huh. They clearly have owning the libs blindness. They are, they have been so blinded in their delight, in their sexual gratification of owning the libs. They're so delighted in that, yeah. that it's made them blind to what they're doing and how else it's only when you're not paying attention that you paint yourselves in, into a corner. Yeah. And uh, clearly Republicans were not paying attention when they painted themselves into this one. Uh, use this against them. Abortion is still our number one issue to get Democrats and others to the polls this November. I assure you, though, if Donald Trump wins in November, right. they will backpedal on their support for IVF, with their Johnny-come-lately support for IVF, I should say. This will be back on the table if Donald Trump wins in November, because then that will be so, out of the fetal, way. Fe right? Fetal personhood certainly will be. Oh, some, yeah, yeah. Some, some form of, you know, they'll... Because well, that's exactly e what we're talking about, fetal personhood. E that's e the e context. E even, even, if their, even if their policy is hypocritical, they will have policies that support uh, both sides of that hypocrisy. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. So uh, here's a quote that you need to guess who said this quote. Okay. And, and I'll set you up with uh, a clue. Uh, the answer is ironic. <laughs> oh. So here we go. Here's the quote. I fully support fertility treatments, and I think they deserve the protection of the law. They gave us great comfort in those long and challenging years that we struggled with infertility in our marriage. I'll never forget the day that I called home, driving off to a work appointment, and Karen answered the phone and said, Happy Father's Day, and our son would come along, then a daughter, then another daughter, all within three years. We were busy, but joyful. Who okay, said I, this? Okay, I, I don't know his first name, but uh, I'm going to say the patriarch of the Duggar family. Ah, uh, that'd be incorrect. Incorrect. But funny. Know, one more I, I, X gets the square. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it could have been. They may have said that, but it was actually Mike Pence who said Wow. <laughs> so nice try, but Mike it was Pence. Uh, Mike Pence well, who, who he and his wife engaged in IVF treatments. God only well, knows sure. how many embryos were destroyed by Mike Pence and his wife, Karen, who don't mm. mind killing babies in pursuit of having one of their own. So I guess... Uh, <laughs> I, I could make all sorts of tasteless jokes here, which I will avoid. Yeah. Well, here's the dark side of all of this. And uh -huh. we've all been talking about, like, where do they go next? It was IVF, obviously the Dobbs decision, then IVF, and they're going to go after contraception and no-fault divorce. These are all things that are uh, covered in Project 2025, in fact. But the other thing that I think we should watch for that is even maybe even more nefarious than some of the things I just listed, I'm wagering that a Republican somewhere, probably in a state legislature, probably in a deep red state, is going to introduce a bill that legalizes spousal abuse. I firmly believe that this wow. will be on the table. Maybe not tomorrow, maybe not a month from now, maybe not a year from now. But at some point on this current trajectory, as Republicans attempt to box in women, I think uh, this is going to be a thing that we end up talking about on this show.
I uh, maybe decriminalizing it, maybe uh, removing the enforcement of it. That could I don't, be. I don't, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know that it would be a full on, yes, you can abuse your, you know, but, but uh, because of the mindset that we're dealing with here, I can certainly see it going in that direction. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I mean, that is a genuine concern. But uh, for our immediate purposes in 2024, uh, the issue, the, the hottest issue is abortion. Mm -hmm. The second hottest issue is uh, the fate of this democracy. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, you know yeah. the the idea of, of of putting military in the streets against the American citizens of uh, mass de deportation camps. Yep. Uh, that's your that's your second tier, oddly your second tier choice. But to get voters to the polls, uh, the top one remains a woman's right to ch make her own health care decisions. And uh, the the Democrat, I'm sorry, the Republicans with doing what they've done here with IVF. Mm -hmm. uh, well, let me put it this way. They have us right where we want them. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a limit on their extremism. I think they're going to keep going. I think they're going to keep pushing forward, making women second-class citizens. And they've they've done so uh, on many different fronts that maybe 10 years ago we didn't even conceive of. And yet, and yet here we are. Uh, one last thing I wanted to mention here real quick, too. Uh, the call was coming from inside the building. Uh -huh. Dean Phillips and this yes. magician, a magician from New Orleans named Paul oh Carpenter, God. were responsible for that Joe Biden AI robocall in which uh, Joe Biden, in uh, an AI representation of Joe Biden, right, said they, that you can only vote once a year, so don't waste your vote in the New Hampshire primary. Make sure to vote in November instead, trying to get people to stay home in New Hampshire. And we should have known at the time that, well, yeah, it sounds like something it, Dean Phillips would do. It, but, yeah. it sickened me to know that a Democratic operative had, had done such a thing. Yeah. Sickened me. Yeah. And I wonder, I begin to scratch my head and look in the direction of Steve Schmidt, who no longer works for Dean Phillips. He lasted a couple of weeks. But I wonder to what extent uh, Steve Schmidt was involved in the robocall idea. Who knows? Because apparently this guy, yeah. I think, just did it, it made the AI voice, and uh, the Dean Phillips campaign paid him $150 uh <laughs> to have permission to use the robocall ai That's as an actual crazy. robocall mm. yeah so <laughs> who knows well but, chin know. up we're winning uh, their loss is our gain uh like i said when it comes to republicans they have us right where we want them yeah we just have to be careful getting led down uh, dark alleys by some of, of these uh guys like dean phillips and marianne williamson and uh, rfk um, jr and their cynical cash grab avoid the blind alley yes indeed Yes, he's 81 and he knows things. I love it. I should make a t-shirt. I really yeah. should. Okay, uh, Shadow Docket's coming up next. Patreon.com slash Bob Suska Show. Sign up for $5 a month and you can keep listening to us talking. All right? And you can only hear it on the uh, Patreon page. So go there right now, sign up, and we will see you over there. Take care, folks. Have a great day. Bye-bye.